We begin this morning with a reading from the 31st chapter of the story, the book that you and I have been journeying through since January, the first Sunday in January, as we've looked at the continuing story of God and His plan with us, His people. This morning we've been reading in this past week from the book of Revelation. If you can see in the bulletin, the chapters and the story that, that cover it are chapters 1 through 5 and then chapters 19 through 22. So the book of Revelation, the portions that they covered in the story this week are the beginning chapters that talk about John's letters, God's letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor and the different ways that each of those churches could grow into a greater community of faith. And then 19 through 22 talks about the new heaven and the new earth. A new vision in which God comes down and in which we are able to see His face. And so this morning's scripture reading comes actually from Revelation 21, if you'd like to follow along. I'm reading verses uh, 1 through 7. If you have your copy of the story and you want to follow along, the corresponding page is 467. Revelation 21, 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this past week, as we've read the book of Revelation, I hope that what you have seen is that it's a book of numbers, of images, of metaphor. It's a book of pictures, and it can be a book of ideas, because it's a book that some read as a plan or a process in which God is going to return and Jesus is going to usher in the final victory of heaven and earth. Others read it as a vision of a kingdom, of what the new creation will look like, in which God's people are going to be able to look upon His face and be in perfect relationship and in perfect worship of Him. Today our journey ends. Not our journey of worship together or of reading the Bible, but our journey of reading the story as it will end, as we have paused to stop and look at this last book of the Bible. A book that many of us, I doubt, read very often. I know I don't read the book of Revelation very often, except when I get to it in Bible studies, or every once in a while when we preach on it, but I don't often preach on Revelation. So it's good to be there. But before we look at it, I want to remind you of where the story began. Because to read the book of Revelation and to think about God's plan, in the end we have to remember what God's plan was at the beginning. Because the story began in a garden. In a garden created by God as He spoke into the chaos and water and things were created. 
As he spoke, and out of that creation formed the land and the sea, the sky and the plain, grass and mountain. It was in the garden that humanity first encountered their creator. It was a place that God had envisioned where he could be in perfect relationship, if you'll remember with me, when we talked about this passage at the very first of the year. It was a place that God created to be in perfect relationship with his creation if they chose to receive it. See, if we remember the very beginning of the Bible in the book of, of Genesis, you know, God put man, Adam and Eve into the garden and he told them they could do anything, they could eat from any bush, and they just couldn't eat from the one tree. See, they had to choose to receive that perfect relationship. And we remember today that it was a relationship that was fractured when the wedge of sin was driven between humanity and God. Instead of being able to trust, we learn to doubt. To believe, we learn to fear. To accept, we learn to question. And instead of simply being, Adam and Eve were found hiding in the garden from the one that had created them. Because of sin, they were kicked out of the garden. And then through the story, the last 30 weeks, we've read about how the wedge of sin has always been too great for man to overcome on our own. We've tried. We've read different stories of how people have tried, of how they've tried to, to create a bridge to God on their own, and it has never worked. And then the past few weeks, we've been looking at the Gospels, and we remember about how God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to overcome that wedge, that chasm that was between us and God. See, Jesus' death didn't remove evil from this world. I always remember that when I read the book of Revelation. It didn't remove hurt or death from our lives, did it? The sending of Jesus didn't cause death to stop or hurt to stop or remove pain from our experience. But it gave us the opportunity to approach God once again, to trust Him, to believe in Him, and to receive the forgiveness that comes from Him. And so Jesus commissioned the disciples, we call them the apostles now, to take the message of his crucifixion and resurrection and hope and trust and proclaim it to all people so that all could discover this forgiveness and this grace and this love that God was offering through him. But see, as we read Revelation, we stop because we see that God still has a plan to remove sin from this world. To remove hurt and anger and fear and all of those other emotions and things that you and I still have to deal with. See, Jesus came so that we could receive forgiveness and approach God in a way that we never would have been able to do it on our own. But God didn't remove the things that still bring us down. And see, as I read Revelation, I see a book in which God is pulling those things out. Where the one is saying, there shall be no more death or hurt, or fear. There shall be no more pain, or anger, or any of those things that separate us from our Creator. Because God's plan is to create a place where we can reside with Him. Not a place I think that you and I are just going to be whisked off to a far off place. But instead, Revelation tells us that God's plan is to complete the creation as he had originally envisioned it from the very beginning. 
God's plan is to recreate, in a sense, a garden where you and I can look upon His face and we won't be struck dead because of His glory. You know, if you remember when we were reading the book of Exodus, when Moses was talking to God on the mountain, remember God, Moses, um, God said He was going to let Moses see Him. But Moses could only see God walking away. Because the glory of His face would have been so much that Moses would have been stricken dead. See, the picture that Revelation paints is a picture of life. Even as we look into the face of God, even as we see His full magnificence and glory, we'll be able to see, to see. And we'll be able to live in a creation that is perfect. And we'll be able to experience a relationship between God and humanity that's perfect as well. God isn't finished with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think that's what the revelation tells us, is that the resurrection, yes, is a huge thing for us to to accept and to believe in Christ and to become disciples of Jesus as we've accepted the forgiveness and the grace and the love that God offers us through it. But revelation tells us that God isn't finished. God isn't finished with the gift of grace and forgiveness that we've been offered through the crucifixion. And resurrection. God didn't decide that, that everything was complete when His Son ascended into heaven and when He gave us the Holy Spirit. See, God's plan is to do life with us. God's plan is to do life with us. And according to Revelation, to John's book, being able to do life with us is going to involve more than just offering forgiveness for sins. But what it's going to involve is God triumphantly defeating the evil one and the presence of evil in this world. See, God invites us to live our lives in the new creation in the hope that the new creation is going to to offer us in the belief that He is creating a place for us to reside with Him, in the understanding that when Jesus told those who were following Him that He was going ahead of them to prepare a place for them. That He's going to be there. A place where death doesn't occur. A place where sin doesn't happen because in the presence of God, evil doesn't exist. Because God will have conquered evil. And God will have conquered the temptation of sin. So that we can experience more fully a perfect relationship that He planned from the beginning. See, this book of the Bible kind of tears me at times. Because sometimes I read it and and I envision it as a checklist of how God is going to work. And then I read it at other times and, and I don't see a checklist. But instead I see a plan of how God is going to bring forth His kingdom on this earth. Or maybe I just see a picture. A picture of glory and completeness that is underscored by the love of God. See, as I read Revelation today and as I have read it this past week and thought about it and prayed about it. What I think we can receive from it each day 
Whether we read it as a book that someone that we think is going to happen in perfect order with the thousand years and the horsemen and everything else, or if we read it as a grand picture of how God is coming into this earth. I think we can read it and agree that what it does, no matter how you read it, is promised to us that those who choose to follow God will receive life. That those who follow God will receive the life-giving water and the opportunity to reside with Him. See, that's what Revelation promises. Is that those who profess their faith in Jesus and choose to follow God, well, they're they're going to receive the life-giving water. That Jesus Himself told the people that He was offering them because He was with them. Remember, that's the water He offered the Samaritan woman there at the well. But see, this is a water that's not just at certain times. But it's a water that God offers us in all times. So that we can bask in His glory. So that we can worship Him in His glory. So that we can see and be present. And be sinless. And experience the perfect relationship that God had envisioned from the beginning. So what's our role? As we read the book of Revelation. What is our role? I think our role is to prepare. It's to prepare for the coming of the Lord by being disciples of Jesus Christ that He's called us to be. By inviting others into this promise that that God has offered us through revelation. By inviting uh, others to this promise that God has extended to us through the resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. Revelation doesn't tell us that, that we're to withdraw into our communities and wait. But what it does tell us is it invites us to share this wonderful picture of God. As we anticipate that which we really can't anticipate. See, Revelation tells us to anticipate But how can we anticipate something that is more glorious than you and I could ever imagine? And that's to be in the presence of God, our Creator. The one who sent His Son to die so that you and I might have life. The one who knows us by name and who has said He will welcome us into His presence. See, Revelation tells us That God's plan is not finished with the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. God's plan is to do life with us. And through His final victory of sin and death, He will give us the opportunity to be in His glorious presence where we'll worship Him. See, Revelation in essence is finishing what Genesis started. Where there once was a perfect relationship, there will now be A perfect relationship. Instead of God speaking light into the world, if you read the book of Revelation, it says there will not need to be a sun or a moon because the glory of the Lord shall illuminate all things. Revelation brings us back to a garden. A garden of perfection. A garden of creation. A garden where God envisioned living life with you and me. So that we could experience His presence. And so that we could receive the gift of life that He's offered us. Through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's ours to share. 
It's ours to anticipate. And it's ours to offer to others as we choose to live into this vision of a new heaven, a new earth, and of a God who loved us so much that over thousands of years, He's still continuing to live out and create this plan that He had from the beginning, which is to do life with you, to do life with me, and to set aside the sin, anger, death, and everything else that is placed between us and Him. Thanks be to God. Amen.